everyone. Welcome to another episode. How are we doing today, Brendan? I am doing well. Wonderful. Today is March uh, 28th, actually. Mm -hmm. Getting close to April. I can't believe it. Spring? <laughs> Warmth in Boston? Ooh. Ooh. What say you? Um, I think Monday we got an awesome, awesome event. The, the Apple event. And we all watched as if it was the Super Bowl like we always do. Sitting, you know, everyone drop your, uh, whatever you're doing at work from 1 to 2.30. It was a long event. It was, well, they're all long. No, this was, this was a longer than usual. Longer because maybe we didn't get any product news like we usually do. Uh, we did see the new AirPods, the wireless charging case, and the iMac uh, that was released basically a week in advance of that show. Yeah, which, by the way, I think from Apple's standpoint, was a brilliant move. Yeah, so, not the norm for them. Well, I don't know that it's not the norm, really. So when there's a new form factor for the hardware, there's usually this big rollout of a mm. new event. If they're just doing incremental updates, such as new internals, they kind of can drop that at any time and have that go, which is which is what we saw. Um, yeah, and they captivated everyone with that news. Because I think some people, including me, a little off guard on how that was announced and so quick of, I feel like one day after work, I was like, oh, wireless? Charging, you know, AirPod case, just like that. And that was a beautiful thing. Everyone signed up. It'll be in the mail in a week. Yep. Well, yada, yada, yada. So. Yeah, I mean, beyond that, the, f the few things that they did do were, were just, they were just great. So the release of the new iPad mini with the pencil support, like, there's people who are like, oh, I've got a, like, a 10s Max that's almost the same size, or I've got a 9.7 Air that's kind of the same size-ish. Yeah. Um, but the people who love the Mini, like, love the Mini. Yeah. Giving pencil support to it was, I think, a great move. And let's face facts. Like, they didn't have an announcement for it. They just basically had Tim Cook with the weird overhead <laughs> shot on, on Twitter going, look at my new thing. Mm -hmm. um, and in one fell swoop, I, I saw somebody on Twitter post this, but I think it's great. In one fell swoop, without no announcement, they completely destroyed the Google Pixel Slate without uh, even thinking about it. Right. Not even trying. Yeah. Not even trying. Yeah. Apple ships, man. Yeah, so Apple did have this event that they, I guess we could say it was called Showtime. Um, really a services-focused event, something we haven't seen Apple um, really do a, I'd say, a specific event on services before. It, there's been here and there every touches of it. But every time they've done services in the past, it's kind of come in like a WWDC right. sort of keynote. Yeah. Like, hey, look, we're rolling out some new thing with iTunes or or whatever. Yeah, having having a specific event dedicated to this new services play I think was smart, but the event itself was weird. Yeah, so let's dig into it. Probably we'll go segment by segment. Um, four or five big things to unpack from this event. Um, the launch of Apple News, um, just a, a rebrand of Apple News and something called Apple News Plus. Um, an Apple card, that being a credit card, something I was personally a little confused about, but we'll dig into that. Apple Arcade, which seemed like a direct competitor, direct competitor to uh, Google Stadia, which launched a week or two before. But right, um, you're shaking your head, but we'll, we'll unpack that a little it's bit. It's not a direct competitor at all. Sure. And then um, Apple TV Plus and a, and a revamped Apple TV app. So let's start with Apple News. Um, there was a great intro video. I thought it was very well done. And Apple announces, we are the number one news app. And I'm like, yeah, well, obviously, you push the news app to everyone who has an iPhone. 
<laughs> no, no surprise there. Um, but the real big announcement was that this new Apple News service is really a way to bundle magazines, newspapers, and the curated Apple News that we already get today in, in one application um, for, I think, just about $10 a month. And you can share you know, with your family and have all this other $9.99. That, oh, I'm one, sorry. that one right. cent's important. Right. Um, so I guess, Brenda, what was your first take on just, is that experience going to be useful to you? Or personally, I think it might be a bundling overload. I get my news from many different places in many different forms. So uh, first impressions. Couple couple things on that. One, you know where it came from, right? Where? The, the, the news plus bit of this, the magazine bundling bit. So this is not new. So there was a company called Texture that had been around for a while. I'm not familiar with Texture. And Texture went out and they had put together a whole bunch of agreements with magazine publishers and said, hey, for $9.99 a month, people will sign up and all of your magazines will go into this one app and it'll be beautiful to read on an iPhone or iPad. Mm. Apple bought Texture last year. Got it. So this is not some wonderful innovation that somebody cooked up somewhere. This is an acquisition they slapped a rebrand on and then shoved into the news app. Well done. Well Sometimes done. Sometimes we see those things go into space, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is this is really just about switching the marketing around it and mm. then saying, oh, this could be a valuable service play for us, especially if we push it natively to people, as opposed to it being some third-party thing out there. So this this is, to my mind, much more about revenue yeah. through services than it is about anything around innovation in the quote-unquote news space. Mm. So <clears throat> the curated news, they've been doing that in the news app for a while. I think it's a good approach to doing things. If you look at the way Google News versus Apple News sort of works, um, it's it's the difference between the data-led AI algorithmic sort of selection of news that you might want to look at mm -hmm. versus the human curated stuff. Yeah. I find when I'm in the Google News world, I get sort of tunnel visioned into things that I've expressed interest in in the past, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it doesn't do great for broadening kind of the horizon of intellectual curiosities yeah. or looking at things that, that could be interesting outside of my kind of normal normal view. I find that Apple News does do a better job with, with that. It's a, we did learn it is a mix of um, AI to kind of say this is stuff you might like as well as curated news from employees at Apple, yeah. which I didn't know at first that there were actually a staff of people um, curating that news for me. Because when I started using Apple News, I was getting some like People Magazine bullshit I didn't want to read. Yeah. Now I'm just kind of getting the more business tech, you know, other interests that really... It's, it's taken them some time to yeah. find their footing on this because that, that was always a problem with, with Apple News when it first came out is it, it didn't feel like it hit the ground right and I think it was because they were relying far much more on more of either A, who paid us the most to be placed there, or yeah. B, the, the algorithms, which aren't, aren't as great. Um, when they started putting the, the curation staff on top of it, I found the quality of it to, to go up quite a bit. So I like the Apple News app. I think it's great. Um, I think bundling the Texture magazine subscription into it was a good move. Um, yeah. I don't know where else it would go. I, I'm a bit perplexed that it's in the quote news app though because mm. 
magazines aren't, I think, by definition, news. It's really a reading app at, 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 at that token. And I mean, they, they did say there's over there's access to over 300 magazines and then digital subscriptions to things like the LA Times and the Wall Street Journal. Um, so I agree that's, that that's is the piece a, that's yeah. different. That's the piece that's different. So the 300 magazines, Texture said it was 200 back in the day. They're saying it's 300. Okay. I looked at the list. They're, they're about the same. Yeah. Um, so I think that was just a carryover. Adding the newspaper subscriptions into it with the LA Times and WSJ is is a new take mm. and i think the aspiration there is to grow it to more newspapers over time both national and local but that's a tough one because the business model of what we talked about i think in a previous podcast of give us you know we'll sell we'll sell this we're going to keep 50 percent share and then we'll split the remainder up to you guys and you won't get access to yeah. the personal data of people so you can't have a direct relationship with your customer it's a hard it's a hard pill to swallow but I heard or I read somewhere the um, the note that the CEO of the journal put out to his employees saying hey we know that we're not we're not getting rid of our direct subscription service with mm-hmm. people who want us but this is just another channel where people can get access to some of the premium Wall Street Journal content not all of it yeah but if they get in there and they see the value, maybe those will convert organically over to being full subscribers to us, which, frankly, I think is the right the right way to look at this. Maybe no harm being a first mover. I do wonder, like you said, like are people, are the newspapers really going to dedicate enough time to this channel um, in a in a meaningful way um, that really? captures enough audience and kind of keeps that momentum going and then ends up getting more newspapers. I'm not sure. I will say, I did think the live cover um, feature that they showed, so basically uh, what I wrote here is like, think of the Harry Potter newspaper from the magazine. So from the the movie, um, you know, Harry opens a newspaper and there's, you know, basically a video playing on the front screen of, of the news. That's what the live cover felt like to me, but on the iPhone, things are still today very you know, stand still as far as the news we read. We, static, but we yeah. like them static in, when we scroll and, and want to read through it. Um, I think designing that, though, marketing that, I, just having the right staff at a newspaper, and I have some friends who are in media, to, to, like, carve that out the right way and push that weekly, that's a really, really tough skill to hire for, to just kind of commit to uh, long-term in, in the Apple ecosystem. And... It, you know, I know everyone says, like, print is dead, but print is still, like, really number one for a ton of people who still get their magazines and newspapers. They pick it up, they read it. So there's still, like, a newspaper margins aren't as great as they used to be. So it will be interesting to see if newspapers tack on the I, LA I would, Times and the Journal. I'd take a different tact on that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know that I disagree that print is dead, but journalism is certainly alive and well. Right, sure. Um, yeah. And as these pivot from physical papers over to digital delivery systems that this is just one more system that they can that they can utilize yeah I mean I can see the New York Times who do awesome rundowns of uh, feature stories on their website with you know graphics and you know moving parts and everything those are wonderful but also doing that for Apple now as well that's just an added layer of, of perhaps oh, complexity. you're talking from like a developer standpoint yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't think that there's any 
additional work they need to do there. So the way that Texture used to work, and as I understand it, the way that Apple News Plus works is they just create a PDF of their content, they hand it over, and then that gets downloaded to the phone and used that way to display the magazine contents. Okay. Um, it's kind of, quote, enhanced PDF. But I think the live covers that we saw were nothing more than what you get with a parallax effect. So you take a static 2D image, and then you just sort of move it to show it as though it's having some sort of, you know, dynamic range to it. I, I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal, honestly. Yeah, I guess the, the point I'm making is if you want to capture a larger audience, the more maybe, like, aesthetically pleasing and complex... Uh, Live covers may catch people's eyes and get more viewership, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Well, I think it, it's, it's two things with that, right? So I was surprised looking at this that they stuck with kind of the, the, the way Texture did it with the PDF drops as opposed to kind of giving their own Apple-esque tools um, to, to be put into a workflow to then create that to be submitted into the news app. Mm-hmm. I, I figured there would be something that was a little bit more jazzy around how they were doing it um, but but it's not right now which is confusing it'll be it'll be curious to see how this sort of plays out across the different magazines that are that are selling into this um, just how different they are over time yeah um, so before we move on ten dollars oh, a month one other weird thing on that yeah don't do this. <laughs> And it's a sneaky sort of backdoor way around doing things. But um, it turns out in the news app itself, and if you if you use the new Marzipan um, app on the, the MacBook to look at news, the News Plus, the magazine subscription, the PDFs themselves in the background will get transferred down to the machine to read. Even if you don't have the subscription, oh. you can go into the Mac cache and pull them out that way. Interesting. And basically read the entire magazine. Huh. Which is, you shouldn't do that. You should definitely pay for it. But, yeah. Kind of I also, weird trick. I also wouldn't advise you to wear that uh, horrendous white jumpsuit Wyatt was wearing during that. Uh, what the hell was that? <laughs> I really don't know. What the hell was that? I was as confused as you were. I think I was texting you like, all right, uh, am I supposed to believe it? Any word that comes out of this man's well, so, I mean, the hilarious thing is we're watching the live stream. We're not in the same place. I was about 15, 30 seconds delayed from where you were, and I get this message from you saying, what the hell is this guy wearing? <laughs> I'm like, the dude's wearing a gray shirt. And then and then they announce him, and white jumpsuit guy walks out on stage. I'm like, what? Uh, I guess anything goes. Uh, I, I don't know. Does it? Well, well, should, should anything go? We'll move on. Um... Ten dollars a month? Are you gonna buy it? Yes or no? No. Yeah, no for me as well. Wait and see. Uh, it's not compelling enough for me right now. I, I don't yeah. have enough time in my life to dedicate to sitting down and reading magazines. Um, certainly not the content that I can't already get mm-hmm. online. Yeah. In other venues and whatnot. So it's great. I think in a in a pristine world. Um, I would love to sit down and take deep dives on things and, and all that good jazz, but I just don't have the attention span or time capacity to do so at this point, so it's simply a waste of money where I stand right now. Maybe information overload. All right, the Apple Card. Uh, something I really didn't, didn't see coming. Um, Apple releasing 
a credit card, um, the bank being Goldman Sachs and uh, the partner in Card Network being MasterCard. Um, this credit card's interesting, and I think it's, for me, the reason to have an Apple credit card is to move the shift towards mobile payments and have people get really used to using Apple Pay long-term as something that we've seen Europe and Asia catch on to really in like two or three years. Just the ramp-up's been incredible. Yep. Um, I don't think I'm gonna get this card that just based on a reward standpoint. So, you know, 1% cash back on everything. I think something like 3% cash back on Apple purchases. I'm someone who, you know, loves the rewards I get out of a credit card, like a Chase Sapphire card, whatever it may be yep. for travel. Um, but I can see this being a very, very easy, simple, just like intuitive way for people who have never had a credit card before to track their payments, pay off debt, and not feel this like looming effect of fees, which there are none of, and we can talk about that for the Apple card, no fees um, hanging over their head and, and kind of digging themselves you know, in, a, in a deeper hole as far as credit concerned. I think Apple will deliver the card and, and the app experience in a way that maybe just helps with the financial literacy um, for you know, new, new card members. Generally agree. Yeah. I think with everything you said there. Um, so there's a few aspects of this that I think are kind of interesting. One, obviously the selling point is is it's Apple, right? Yeah. And what they're angling towards is the security aspect of things, where there's your unique key for each transaction that you make, and it's secured, and yada, 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 and all that good stuff. And there's, which, there's actually no credit card number or CVP it's an, number it's in the wallet app. on the titanium yeah, right. physical card right. itself. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So all of that, great. Um, I, I think we do have a problem with credit card fraud and theft and this could go a long way to alleviating it so i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of on board with that it makes sense to me the the thing that they're doing if you look at sort of the interest rate spread on this and you apply it to what the industry um, standards are as far as interest rate applied to credit score you look at it, it goes from those who have great credit, as, as one would expect, all the way down to those who have just borderline bad credit. Mm. So this is a card that actually could appeal to the wide masses. This, this could be like a two-thirds of the population kind of card that can get this, get the benefits, get the access, and, and improve their lives from a financial literacy and financial access standpoint that they, they don't currently have. Yeah. So I think that is a net positive. Um, the, the one piece of this that they sort of showed in the keynote, but that I think is, is going to be compelling from that literacy standpoint, is that they've essentially taken what Mint does with your budgets and colorful charts as far as your, your spending big, um, breakdown, put that into the wallet app around this thing, and in real time, as you're making transactions, this thing can bounce back up to you and say, hey, you sure you want to buy this because you're going to be going over budget in this category for the month by X. Yeah, um, some nudges that are less, I, I think, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess just like less harmful or... Um, well, they're always there. They're always there, right? Yeah. Um, think, think about 
think about the way Apple Watch tries to help you with fitness, right? So if you get an Apple Watch, you wear this thing, and throughout the day it tells you, hey, you really should do the stand, do the move, do the exercise, breathe, yada, yada, yada. And, and a lot of people have found true health benefits through having a device that will monitor your activity, has some smarts built into it, and then can prompt better human behavior out of you. That's the paradigm that I think that they're trying to, to take with the Apple Card, the literacy aspect of it. And I think that that can be really, really good for a whole bunch of people, both those who are financially literate or think they are, yeah. um, and those that, that truly aren't. So I feel good about this. I, I, it's a credit card still, so it's evil. Um, <laughs> credit sucks. Good. I think it is less predatory, though, than you know the, the first credit card a lot of people get where they don't really understand what they're getting into and yeah. the fees and the, the late fees. Oh, I agree. The, I agree. It's, it's, so, it's absolutely less predatory. Yeah. But it, yeah. Um, no, I've, I've got I've got a good I've got a good overall feeling about this. Interesting space for Apple to enter, though. I'll, I'll say that much. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting space. It also they have plenty of cash on hand, but uh, well, it's not their <laughs> cash. They're using Goldman. Um, oh, right. Yeah. If I was going to say, if they wanted to be the bank, they could be. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, I think that was why they had to partner with Goldman Sachs was yeah. because they can't just jump into it and say, "Ta-da, we're the bank now," because of regulations and whatnot. Bank of Apple. I like the ring. Be of weird. That. Um, the other thing about it is it clearly, and and this one maybe more than anything else that they presented that day, this is one of those things that when you sign up to it, you are locking yourself into that kind of comfortable walled garden of the Apple ecosystem in a way that we kind of haven't been locked into before. Like, it's been painful to switch, but it's been painful to switch because of either your iCloud photos or most likely because Messages is keeping you in because iMessage yeah. is awesome. Now you're talking about, hey, this is this is like my money. In a previous podcast, we said... You are, you're, you're in now. Yeah, in a previous pod, we said, we talked a lot about you know, Spotify and how they have to play by Apple's rules in that walled garden. This is more of, here's another aspect of your life that stays within that walled garden, and not just the, I'm using the, let's say the Chase app within the walled garden, I am using Apple, you know, as the credit card yeah. supplier and yeah. tracking all that data. Yeah, you're in. You're, you're in. Um, this is available to the US uh, this summer. I guess before we move on again, are you going to sign up for the Apple Card? Undecided. Undecided? Undecided. Yeah. I, I think I'm there with you, but the thing with credit cards is like there's no harm of signing up and then canceling it, so long as you're good on you know, paying your card off and everything. So to me, it feels like it's going to be very easy to sign up. If I don't like it, really not getting a lot of value, I'll cancel it. But like you said, once you, once you sign up, it might be really hard to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on to Apple Arcade. So the biggest myth of the entire yeah, thing. this one didn't do a lot for me. Um, Apple described it as the first gaming subscription service for mobile, desktop, and your living room. Yeah, so that's just a lie. Yeah, I would say that's a uh, well. So you know, the one thing you said to me immediately is, is this a competitor to Google Stadia? Before we even like saw what they were announcing, um, this just came one week. Um, from Google's announcement, this is to me just almost a nudge to everyone who uses 
the app ecosystem of why aren't you playing more games? Why aren't they sticking as hard? Mm-hmm. And what can we do to lock you into those games and maybe you know pony up some money um, for that as well? Now we did see a change to the app store design that actually carves out a spot yep. for games now. Um, or maybe there were games there before, but I think um, it's called Arcade now. It might, might be more specific. Yeah. There's a new suite, suite of you know services there. Um, some titles were released, some like dystopia, apocalyptic strategy games, and some other cool offline features. Um, but for a subscription of, did we get a price? No, we didn't get a price. Um, but over 100 games for TBD on a price, I'm just like... Mobile gaming is great for little kids. It's great to spend some time on an airplane and play, uh, you know, Candy Crush. But console and PC gaming still dominates, and I really can't see this mobile or even iPad, Apple Arcade being the de facto place developers are going to go to to even make a buck or, or launch a free game and get feedback on. Like the the Steam ecosystem and other, I would just say, you know, other factors. In gaming right now, mobile, Apple, Google are just like, they're really out of the picture for now. I don't... No, I agree with that. Okay. I'm not sure I disagree with it either. I think that there's a... There's a there's this line of segmentation to be drawn in what you said there. So, when it comes down to it, there are the AAA games and the consoles that are really like the gamer's gaming device so we're talking you know the the assassin's creeds and the zeldas oh, sure. and the and the that kind of stuff yeah big engines the the, right. the big engines big companies behind them a lot of money which is interestingly where google is trying to take stadia correct this is not what apple's doing here apple is catering to much more the indie, the independent developer, who's like, I've got a cool idea for a game. I want to put it out there. I want to see where it can go. It's not something where we're making a whole lot of money on it now anyway. But you can do that in a lot of different ways away from mobile and make an awesome game today. Well, this, seen... this, goes, this, this is beyond mobile. This is beyond mobile. So this is to work on iPhone, iPad, Apple TV. It'll, it'll, it'll scale at the consoles. Yeah. I, I just think right now most developers still want to build a game for a PC. And well, if they're gonna you need to define it. most developers for me because most developers don't work for a big shop that have a company that can dedicate millions re- of dollars to yeah, create yeah. for big consoles. I'll games. rephrase. Most I'll developers develop little games for phones. Sure. I'll rephrase. Um, some of the best developers that... Uh, do launch indie games, mm. that is occurring on places like Steam where I'm buying a game for $2, yeah. trying it out, and if it works, they make a mobile version. Yeah, so the difference so, there is that yeah. Steam doesn't have the same reach that iOS does. Of course. So, it, this is, and again, this is a weird one. I struggle with this one because I see what they're doing there. I think it's, I think it's a interesting idea. I think it's a great way to give Indies the ability to put their stuff out there to maybe get some money off of it that they weren't getting previously, um, but this one to me is not competing with Xbox. It's not competing with Stadia. It's not doing anything really besides saying, "Oh, all the little games on iOS, we're just gonna bundle you in a thing," mm. and look more service revenue is is kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, it's it like, felt oh, like we got all this stuff sitting there. 
we're not making money off of it right now. The indie developers aren't making money off of it. Maybe we can make it a whole lot more accessible and then put a subscription kind of layer on top of it. And that that's what this feels like. Honestly. Probably two years from now, we'll have another similar type Apple Arcade release. Uh, still trying to get that service to yeah. make more money. Yeah, this one's um, it. It, it just feels like update, a non-starter. Yeah. Um, I don't think either of us are intrigued enough to try it out. And we don't know the price yet. So we will move on to what I think was the most confusing part of the event to us, which was the new Apple TV app. So this was the most unnecessary part of the yeah. event. Yeah. Well, with all the Hollywood stars. No, no, no. No, no, the, no that, was, that was the TV Plus part. Sure. Um, but the fact that they dedicated a chunk of time to just talking about the new app itself, I was like, wait a minute. Everything you're talking about what the new TV app does is what the old TV app did as well. So you always had Apple TV app that would sit on a device mm -hmm. and then you would install Netflix or you would install HBO Go or you would install XYZ and Q on there and then Apple TV app would go, oh, I'm going to suck the content in here and show you in one unified pane of glass all the things you can watch Yep. and tell you all the suggestions across all the things you can watch. Like, this isn't new. It's a new UI skin on it, sort of, um, which is fine. But I, I, I didn't see where the big, oh, cool, new Apple TV app, same as old Apple TV app. The difference came in when they announced channels. Right. So the Apple TV channels thing was kind of kind of interesting, where they're, they're essentially saying through there, well, as opposed to going off to HBO, and buying the subscription through them for $15 a month, go through Apple TV channels and you can buy it for $9.99 a month yeah. and watch all the stuff and then you can kill it whenever you don't want it. A little bit of a cost savings there. Sure, that's great. Um, I'm not yet convinced that the pricing structure on that makes it compelling though, because if you, you start looking at it, you're like, on HBO, Showtime, Stars, blah, 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 whatever. It's not ending up $9.99 per month for each channel that you're adding in, and that cost starts to go yeah. up pretty fast. Mm -hmm. um, although I was thinking about it earlier this week, like, Game of Thrones is about to come out again. It is. I want to watch. I don't have an HBO Go subscription. But, but how does... Maybe I just turn it on for a few months while... Yeah. Well, that's playing. But if you need a login, let me know, right? That's how... This, that's that is still today. I know the I know. the workarounds are still everywhere and proliferate just like yeah. I, so I, I I don't know. I agree. There there wasn't much new content here. It's the same bundling streaming service. Um, the software update for the new Apple TV app is coming May of 2019, and it'll also work as a Mac app, Ooh, um, band, yeah. which is fine. There was also an announcement about AirPlay, which will work natively on some new televisions such as Samsung, LG, uh, Sony, and it'll so also they, run they on, a, on a Roku stick and an Amazon Yeah, so stick, the, right? the, the smart TV thing they'd announced it like, like right around CES. CES they did, yeah. Right? So that wasn't a surprise to me. Putting it on Roku and Amazon Fire devices, that one I didn't see coming. I didn't see I Amazon like, saying, we accept. No, no, because they've got a, their competitor yeah. product to it. So I, I was pretty surprised by that. I mean, it, it does show that Apple understands 
services businesses are different than hardware businesses, and in services businesses, you need to be more willing to go cross-platform. Um, they they already were doing that with Apple Music mm-hmm. running on Android. I'm curious to see how much further this goes. Oh, back to the Apple TV channels and the TV app as far as what you could integrate. There was one service conspicuously missing from all of the announcements. Want to guess? Netflix. YouTube TV. Oh, oh right, of course. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the Live app, television. Yeah, the Apple-Google war thing does not seem to be settling down anytime soon. Mm. Yeah. Are you going to get it? Mm, I'm no. not. No. Well, I'm going to get it because it's a software update and I can't get away from no, I mean, having I, the new are app. You, are, you, are you going Am to... Am I going to do channels? Take advantage of channels. Uh, maybe. Maybe for Game of Thrones? Maybe. Maybe. It All depends. Right. Or I might just call you and say, hey, give me your subscription. Exactly. Give me a login. Yeah. Um, all right, to wrap up this last segment, so this is just, we, we had the Apple TV. This was the, the TV Plus thing? Yeah, that's where you're going. Yeah, okay, Apple, go t- Apple TV Plus. So, you know, we have the new software update coming to the Apple TV app itself. Now here's the big reveal of what are you going to watch on here other than your Netflix and your Hulus and what have you. Um, so this is the announcement from Apple that you know we now compete on original content with Netflix, Amazon, HBO, all the rest of them. So they had this big dog and pony show. They had all these. They, they had a you know way too long of a trailer made by probably Steven Spielberg, produced by all these different stars and everything. And everyone's clapping. Oh look at that star! Look at this star! Then they come out on stage after the trailer. Uh-huh. They start doing some monologues and like kind of hinting at how great their show's going to be in a very, like, non-serious... Like, I didn't really get a lot of... Uh... I'll say this. When I was at CES... The few... best one who did the, the monologue yeah. speech was um, the guy from Silicon Valley. I missed that part. He was great. He was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He was hilarious. Um, the rest of them, eh. But, you know, when I saw Netflix give their... Um, they gave a speech at, at CES and really to open up the event a few years ago, and they launched probably three or four new original content trailers that day. And in that theater watching them, all three or four they launched, include stuff like The Crown and Narcos, maybe season two and some other ones. And I sat there saying, oh my God, I want to, how do I watch this as soon as possible? Because I was just amazed by what they were tackling with the actors and actresses. It it really like, yeah. Just to like the basic point there, yeah. They showed the trailers for the shows. Apple didn't show any trailers. That's what I'm saying. Like, that was so weird. That's what I'm getting the at. Whole thing so, was so weird. So Netflix, they open with the trailers, and you're now excited for yeah, yeah. whatever other announcements are going to come. Apple just puts together their own their, a trailer for their own service. They bring all the stars out, and they say, "Thanks, everyone. We're going home. Here's Oprah." Like, they, so what? You know, the whole thing. It was, it was very felt odd. weird to me. Yeah. So I don't think it's. I, th- I think the the execution on the delivery of, like, the overproduced movie and the people coming out and all of that was strange. It tells me that the shows aren't ready <laughs> at all. Perhaps. Like that's just yeah. what it tells me. Um, what I what I was struck by was much less all of the the people and the glitz and the magic kind of trailer things I was more struck by the type of content 
that they're trying to push out there. And you can see across this entire, the entire event, right? It was especially evident in TV Plus, but what they were doing with News Plus as far as the magazine bundling. This is Tim Cook's Apple. This was the, we're not gonna get out there in the street fight with the the flying dragons and the naked women and, and all of the rest of it. Like, we're not gonna be going yeah. to the baser instincts. I'm gonna be putting stuff out there from a content standpoint that's meant to elevate humanity to the the better angels of our nature that that was really what i think the point was that they were trying to drive home how do we enhance creativity how do we get people further educated how do we it, sure. all of that stuff which is which is hugely altruistic and i'm i've struggled with that message since i've been hearing it because i don't know that mainstream audiences are looking for this. I think they are looking for the Walking Deads and the apocalyptic sort of yeah. approach of the world. Yeah. And they're looking but, for the actors and actresses they brought out there, but, like the Anistons and the Witherspoons, right? Sure, but I'm also not convinced that what we need as a society is more of what we've already got. Yeah. I'm not convinced we need more Game of Thrones and more Walking Deads and more of the things that bring us to our lesser selves, the aspirational nature of this is something that if I sat back and I looked at it for myself, I'd be like, well, no, I, I, want, I want more Game of Thrones. But if I look at it for what I want for my kids, mm. I want them to have things that spark creativity of the mind, that make them better people, that make them more inclusive, that do do all the things that could bring us to to an overall better world. So while I have my baseline skepticism about everything that they're putting out there as far as being a commercial success, I'm not sure that it's not the right thing to do for us as people. Yeah, but but we did talk about the news app perhaps giving maybe maybe just more knowledge to people who otherwise wouldn't care about yep you know, world events, or um, maybe they do have access to a magazine they otherwise would have never picked up, like the Wall Street Journal or the New Yorker, or whatever, you know, whatever, yep. whatever it is. So maybe there's kind of two sides of that coin, but um, no, I, I lar largely agree. And this did just feel like way too much of the, uh, the LA dog and pony show. I just didn't really see the point of it. I don't think I'm gonna seek out any of these shows anytime soon, but also if I'm Netflix, Hulu, HBO, not only have you now, you know, my shows have been bundled into this algorithmic, you know, Apple choose, Apple TV app will mm -hmm. choose for you mm -hmm. what show you should watch. So one right there, there is a chance my show is not being um, recommended, which sucks. I want you to stay in, in my ecosystem on the Netflix app or on the Netflix website. And two, oh yeah, sorry guys, we also have our own original content that, we're, that we can very easily put on the front page and put you guys on the sideline. If I'm Netflix, I'm like a little pissed after that event of Apple basically. But why? Without, without, but why? Isn't because it my shows will just not show up in that service anymore. So what? It's the same thing as, as we were talking about with like the, the approach that the Wall Street Journal is taking with well, the, the news well, plus. The, the, like, so, like yeah. hey, 
these are people who are probably not subscribers right now anyway. It can get more in front of their eyeballs, and if they see the value there, maybe they'll convert to full full time. I like, think I don't. I think it's different. It's different with Netflix subscribers because so many people use the Apple TV to watch Netflix today. So what? Bounce out and go to the app. You don't even need to use the Apple TV app. You can go to the Netflix app. But you know how this away. stuff goes. It becomes very custom for someone to just use that front page. People don't want to go searching. Okay, we're gonna go back to the Spotify discussion from the last podcast. Like. I, I agree. No, I know. Like, if Netflix wants to play in the Apple ecosystem and ca- capture users, then they have to. Then go ahead, have, go ahead, go ahead and do it that way, and then right. figure out a way to get people to sign up right. for. I just thought it was a little. I guess the word might be clever. The way Apple announced it, without, you know, explicitly stating we have original content and it's going to be pushed in front of, you know, everything else that people enjoy in the Apple TV. I, th- I think today. I think it's yet to be seen from a UI perspective how this mm-hmm. how this comes up. I mean, if you look at like the news app right now, you've got the news feed, right? Which is just, it's it's your free-for-all. It's every everything is out there and it can come in and you can see it and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Then you've got the curated stuff um, and then you got your preferences. It, it, it may be like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, if I'm sitting at this from a business standpoint, I'm saying to myself, I'm taking the Oprah line. <laughs> They're in a billion pockets, y'all. <laughs> like, I'm taking that line, and I'm saying, okay, maybe this is another way to get my stuff out there, and if I can prove enough value through what I put out there, I can convert these people into customers of, of our own in a different way, in a more direct relationship. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. Were you surprised uh, everyone didn't leave the Steve Jobs Theater with a uh, Apple TV under their seat? No. You get an Apple TV. <laughs> you get an Apple you TV. You and you and you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact that there's no pricing on the TV Plus original content yeah. yet is weird to me. So there were rumors that it was going to basically just come with, you. if you have an Apple device, you can see the TV Plus content. If they do that, I'll probably watch what they do. If I'm asked to pay for it, not sure yet. So Apple News was the only announcement that had pricing tagged to it, which is very odd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I think it's the only one that was ready. Yeah, that, that might be true as well. So I think that wraps it up for us. Any other parting thoughts? I mean, I, I thought the We're event in a new was... New World, man. New World. The, the, I thought it was, a, it was a fine first services event or services-driven event for Apple. Um, like we said, maybe Apple News and the credit card will, will bite on, but the other stuff not looking too enticing at this time. Um, um, the the gaming one is definitely a, a meh for me. It's a non-starter. Yeah. The the new the news uh, not the news the um, the TV plus one. Saving judgment on that until later. And if you already have an Apple TV right now, yeah, maybe that experience is a lot better. I, I don't have one, but um, time will tell. Yeah, it it's interesting. We're we're seeing a company that is based everything it's done on hardware for. 30 years making a pivot into this space it is going to be curious to see how it goes and if they if they really want to get into services well and that includes the iCloud services Mm -hmm. I still think they've got a lot a lot of work to do because the weakness there and the reason that I've I've always sort of said hey go with Apple hardware but go with Google services is because 
Google's a software company that does distributed services and it does it flawlessly. Apple's services side has always lagged in comparison. Yeah. Um, if they double down and they can get to the same level of capabilities, speed, security, no, not security, I'm not so worried about that, um, but capability and flexibility, they, they might start to have something that's winning there. Um, I like the narrative. I like the narrative of what of what they're going towards. I'm just not sure that the narrative fits with today's culture, and that's. But they are a unique company in the fact that they can drive and change cultural perception mm. of the world in a way that I think very few others could. Agree, and still a lot of money to be made on services. I think we've we've probably said this multiple times on on the pod, but. Charging a dollar a month, two dollars a month for something like cloud storage is just, for most people, pocket change and they don't really notice yep. their credit card pays it off. That turning into, you know, a dollar for this, a dollar for that, a dollar for news, a dollar for Apple TV, before you know it, maybe. Across a billion have, people. You, across a billion people, you have the $10 super Apple bundle, whatever you want to call it, that, all the so services. That's very compelling. I'm going to capstone this by, by that statement. The one rumor that I was expecting was a one service to rule them all kind of thing. Um, I'm sorry, one subscription bundle to, to rule them all. We didn't see that. I, didn't. I figured they would roll it all into one big super bundle and say for whatever you know per month you get iPhone upgrade program and Apple Care Plus and iCloud storage and news subscription service and TV and blah. Like I, th I don't think I they want to do a master sort of thing. Pigeonholing um, people to that price, though, they'll eventually raise it. No, as an option. I yeah, think as an, an option, as yeah. an option. Um, but you could already you already saw the outcries where Netflix, you know, up their price by a few bucks. So I think they might maybe don't want to pigeonhole pigeonhole people to a let's say five dollar ten dollar super bundle price right now because they know it'll have to go up and it'll be increasingly hard to raise that price. Could be. Could be. But. Um, and yeah, the fact that they don't have the prices worked out for the individual, <laughs> for half the the stuff individual ones, yeah, no, that all makes sense. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks, right. everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys.